0: And welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James-Heitland, and every week I'm joined by two of my dearest friends, Michelle Bensinger and Heather Kim This podcast is born out of our friendship of sharing all kinds of things together, our walk with Christ, our insights, our joys, sorrows, tears, and laughter, and you are most welcome on the journey with us. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together Podcast. And welcome to the third week of Advent. And we have a wonderful special guest keeping of our our Advent tradition. We're having wonderful, amazing people on which you have loved so far. And we can't wait for you to meet our guest this week. But before we do, we're just gonna chit-chat a little bit and say hi. And we've already been having technical issues, and poor Heather Kim on the West Coast, got up early, everything crashed. Heather, are you okay? Are you going to make it? I'm I'm, I'm trying to make it.
1: I'm trying to recover. (laughs) I can actually right now hear an echo every time I talk. Right now, I'm not digging technology, but I love you guys, so I'm happy to be here.
2: And for our listeners, I wish you could see Heather. She has her beautiful bed head going on with her little curls, and she just showed us her brand new plaid pajama bottoms that she's wearing. So she is rocking it for you this morning, listeners. Actually, she looks really cute. But so she is doing... But we're here. We are here, and we're ready. And so, sister, how are you?
0: I am doing well, and I was thinking, Michelle, I was loving the pictures you sent me this morning of your St. Nicholas surprise
2: for your family. Can you tell them about that? Because I absolutely loved it. It just totally made my morning. Yeah. So for St. Nicholas, I actually don't put um, gifts for my kids in their shoes. I put them in their stockings because I think Mm. their stockings are so cute. So my kids get a piece of chocolate and then they get socks and an ornament oh but, fun and I also found Turkish delight <laughs> at a place and I was so excited that I had to get it for my kids and they were actually that was the thing they were most excited about well I did get one son office socks that have Steve Cottrell on them and he was wow. really excited about those but oh I love it the Turkish delight was like a huge hit that's and awesome. so because my kids are like chronicles of Narnia that's awesome so it was um, really fun to do that for St. Nicholas Beast Day today. You're a fun mom. At times. Way to go. At times. It depends on the day, girl. Aren't depends all, on the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so. Well,
0: let us, without further ado, Heather, would you like to introduce our wonderful, beautiful, special guest that we have with us today?
1: I'm so excited about this guest, a dear friend of ours. Beth Davis. Yay! Beth Davis is a wonderful person, first of all, but I also she also works for Blessed Is She and is the Director of Ministry Advancement there. And a lot of people are aware of Beth because she's an amazing speaker. They do events and she does Teachable Tuesdays every Tuesday online that you can check her out there also. But Beth, we're so excited to have you here because most of all, you're just a good friend of ours, and uh, you love Jesus, and we're, we've all been inspired by your relationship with God, and so we're excited to have you share that with our guests. How are you?
3: Good. Hi. Thanks, friends. Um, gosh, Heather, I just need you to follow me around and introduce me in every conversation. That was amazing. <laughs> I'm
1: going to be a roadie.
3: That was a good like shot to my confidence first thing in the morning. Oh, all true. All true. Thanks for having me.
0: We're delighted to have you, and we've been doing a series in Advent called The Light in the Darkness, and just all the ways that, you know, Things happen in, in the darkness where Jesus comes to bring us his light. And so we thought, Beth, I mean, there's so many things that you could talk about. We're going to have to have you back on the show to talk about like everything else that's awesome in your heart. But we're going to talk about um, that, that God is in the waiting, that Christ is in the waiting. And the scripture passage we're going to use to guide our conversation is from Psalm 27, verse 14, which says, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. So we were wondering, maybe you could just tell our listeners and tell us a bit about your story and how you um, came to encounter the Lord. And just about what your ministry is like now, and your heart is like now.
3: Sure. Yeah, I um, I'm here in Phoenix, Arizona, and I grew up here, uh, was born and raised in the church. Uh, but by the time I was maybe in middle school, it was just my mom and I going to mass together, mm-hmm. and I I had a sense, you know, at that time, uh, that God was real, that He was good, but probably that He was distant and not necessarily involved or invested in me or my daily life. In fact, I remember um, altar serving as a, as a young girl and sitting on the altar and, and kind of thinking about God, like wistfully, like wondering about God and not knowing that He was coming in the flesh on the altar right in front of me. Mm. So um, I really had my conversion of heart in high school, going through a confirmation program uh, in the Diocese of Phoenix. At that time, we were confirmed as juniors in high school. Now in the diocese, it's restored order, so it's much younger. But um, I'm so grateful. It was just God's providence that I went through confirmation in those um, really formative years of high school. And, you know, I um, have always been Kind of outgoing and bubbly, and you know, was doing theater and speech and debate and um, student government. But in reality, I was really deeply insecure and had just this question in my heart of, like, am I really lovable? Is anybody really there for me? Um, and so it was that I went through confirmation at a wonderful large uh, parish in, you know, through their youth ministry program and it was an involved program. Um, so as a former youth minister, now I look back and I'm so grateful that they required that of me that I had to show up. I really had um, to open myself over the course of that year uh, uh, to who God is and not just a sacrament preparation, but to a life of faith. And I was just surrounded by really faithful Beautiful, joyful people who talked about Jesus like he was a real person, mm-hmm. like he was alive, like I could have a relationship with him. And um, you know, there were there were beautiful formative moments on retreats, kind of that like chipping away of mm-hmm. my hard heart and God's like tender revelation of his love. But I remember specifically, um, I was reading a book actually, about like falling in love with Jesus. You know, in my in, in my heart, I was just like, I was such a teenage girl. You know, I was just like dying to be loved. And I thought like a boyfriend, a relationship would really satisfy those deepest longings of my heart. But um, this book ended up in my hands about falling in love with Jesus. And I remember I read a quote from the Song of Songs in that book. It's um, chapter two, verse eight. Oh, that his left hand were under my head, and that His right hand embraced me. Mm-hmm. And it was so vivid. And I thought, I didn't know that Jesus wanted to be that close. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know He was that loving um, and that personal, and that that intimacy was available to me. Just by God's grace, I, I read that verse, and I knew it was for me and about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, that began what's now, I think, you know, the foundation of my life is that a personal, intimate, dynamic relationship with Jesus is available to all of us. It's not just for a privileged few. It's it's our inheritance as beloved sons and daughters. So I stake my life on that now. And I'm so grateful for that verse that opened up the possibility of that to me um, in a time where I, I desperately wanted to be loved. Um, I went on to be a youth minister. I was a youth minister at one parish, <laughs> by God's grace, for 11 years. Wow. A beautiful parish. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, um, in Flagstaff, Arizona. And then started, um, I spoke on the very first Blessed Ishi She Retreat. Uh, Jenna and I reconnected. We were kind of sort of friends, you know. I knew her husband, Mike, well, and she invited me to speak on that retreat. And um, we were just pretty much inseparable from there so i started writing for blessed is she we started taking these retreats on the road it was like all really organic and spirit-led and very humble still is very humble Mm -hmm. um and then she and the lord you know invited me to step out of the boat and leave my community and my parish and go full-time with blessed is she Mm -hmm. and it's been like the greatest joy (laughs) (laughs) so i've been here for um Two and a half years. Wow, has it been two
2: and a half years already?
3: Can you even believe it? Yeah, no, it's I can't. wild.
2: I know. Wow, that is amazing. And so, yeah. Beth, one of the things I love about you is um, is your infectious, like, you're just love and zeal for the Lord. You know mm-hmm. that you invite other people into your heart as you follow his heart in the Lord, which I think is such a beautiful thing. So if you were having to say, like, where are you on the journey right now, you know, with the Lord, or if you had to like name the season that you are in with the Lord right now, how would you describe it? Or what would you say? Like, as we're in an Advent season, don't you love when I give you these questions? You're like, that's a me great question. Yeah. You know, but um, like, you know, as we're in this Advent season, like what season do you feel
3: like the Lord has you in right now? Yeah. Such a good question. Just my favorite thing to talk about is what (laughs) what the Lord is doing in my life and anyone's life. Um, I would say this past year, it's, it's really not confined to the season of Advent, but this past year and, and I know it will continue into next year is really just, um, coming to know the, the love of the father, Mm -hmm. um, So like you, I have a word for the year and my word this past year was daughter. Mm. And um, I was not too keen to give it up. Um, And when I just, you know, sort of casually thought in the chapel, actually a couple of months ago, like, I wonder what my word will be next year. The Lord just so gently whispered to my heart and said, Father, I was like, of course, Uh, of course, uh. I couldn't, because I couldn't know the father without first becoming little you know, oh. and like coming to know my um my need for him, um, kind of working on some of those areas of of pride and independence, just like having to make things happen on my own, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been beautiful to know the Father, and really, J- Jesus is the way to the Father. So all the years of Jesus like pursuing and winning my heart were really all mm-hmm. just to open the door to the Father, you know.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. One of the things I love, Beth, is that as you talk about your relationship with God, you always light up because it's not just an idea. right? And for for many people, I think we struggle there. It's like, how does this become really real and tangible? Um, And God can seem very distant and disengaged from our life. And I think especially when we're in seasons of waiting or darkness, and this is such a great time of year during Advent to reflect on it, but it's easy to fall into the trap of believing that God doesn't care, that as we wait, He's disengaged and just busy with other things, you know. But the reality is, He's totally engaged and He's totally moving and working, even though we may not see it. He works all things for good for those who love Him. So, I guess just to, like, get into the topic of today, which is, like, how do we wait um, and have hope in the waiting which is for all of us at every stage of our life in so many different areas, we are waiting. We're waiting for God to answer prayers. We're waiting for breakthrough. We're waiting for healing. We're waiting for movement. We're waiting for a new job or, you know, to get answers from school or whatever it might be. So I love this part of the liturgy where it says, as we wait in joyful hope mm-hmm. for the coming of our Savior, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And I'm like, this is the disposition that we're invited to have as we wait. And so I just wanted to ask you, like, how do you stay hopeful in moments in your life where you've been waiting for the savior to arrive? Yeah,
3: Um, I should preface this by saying I'm not an expert (laughs) at waiting. (laughs) I think uh, this has been one of like the longest running lessons in my life is Mm -hmm. how to wait. Um, And I'm so genuinely grateful to God that he's asked me to wait in certain areas. And, you know, at now I'm 36, I can look back at my life with this like clear vision and, you know, just the grace of maturity Mm -hmm. in Jesus that I can look back and say, gosh, I was really, I was trying so hard to make that happen. Mm -hmm. I really thought that would satisfy me. I thought that was it. Um, And really grieved when it wasn't and questioned, you know, is God for me? you know, what, what is he possibly up to? This mm-hmm. was like a softball, <laughs> this lob softball and it didn't happen, you know? Um, and yet I can look back now and see just God's wisdom and his like steadfast commitment to my best, mm-hmm. you know, God does not settle for, uh, what will make me happy for a little while. Um, And in many ways, he's grown my vision in the waiting um, when I wanted something. And he says, yes, but there's more. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. I I would say I've had a very, uh, I've had a tense relationship with hope. You know, I've like vacillated between um, cutting off any kind of hope or expectation Mm -hmm. out of fear of being disappointed Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually remember very clearly the Lord speaking to my heart and saying you know you can you can choose right now to cut off your hope and live in disappointment Mm. or you can live with hope and when this thing happens or doesn't happen then you could be disappointed you know, but why waste your life being disappointed? Oh, I was like, wow, so good. good point, Lord. That's <laughs> really good. <laughs> um, so I've I've had to grow out of that kind of like self-punishing, cutting off of hope because we're just going to be disappointed. It's never going to oh. work out. And even some of those like automatic thoughts of like, things don't work out for me. It never happens. It's always going to happen like this, you know, mm. really self-defeating, like automatic tapes that we have Mm -hmm. over to um, swinging over to this other, uh, you know, end of the spectrum, which is like kind of a a worldly hope of, you know, things are kind of lining up and now I've got a good feeling and it looks like it's going to come together, um, like wishing almost Mm -hmm, and how the Lord has in these like seasons or even, you know, very long season of waiting the Lord has um, tempered my hope to make it more the Christian virtue of hope, which is a hope in Him as opposed to a hope in an outcome.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's huge right there.
3: Oh,
0: yeah. Can you talk more about that? Because that's that's paramount. I mean, so much of what you said, I was like, oh, let's stop right there and like talk about that or take notes. But it's like, can you talk about that versus a hope in somebody versus a hope in what I want to happen? Or like you said, even earlier in your life, noticing the places where you try to make something happen so then you thought you'd be happy. Like those are such great, like jewels. Could you talk a bit more about that, Beth?
3: Yeah. I think, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that the key for me, what I've learned in, you know, long seasons of waiting and little seasons of waiting is just to shift my eyes from the answer or the, the outcome, the thing that I want or the person that I want um, to looking at Christ. Um, and in relationship with Him, I receive really everything that I think I want in that outcome. Does that make sense? i I receive from him the intimacy, the affirmation, um, the understanding, the wisdom, everything that that I think this thing will do to satisfy me is really found in him. So when my eyes are on him and and I prioritize uh, my relationship with him, my time in prayer, it's like it's not it's not fancy or like sexy. It's like every Mm -hmm. single day showing up in prayer Mm -hmm. and like pouring out your heart. And again, not cutting off, but like, like pouring out your heart, honestly telling the Lord what you desire. It's not like, okay, I'm going to put that aside and then I'm going to go be with the Lord. No, it's in relationship with him, um, telling him what you hope for, what you want, what you've been disappointed about. Um, and finding in him that, that place of, um, just a place of rest, really. Mm. It's not always that you walk away from prayer and, you know, all your problems are solved and, mm. you know, here's a five-point plan and here's a timeline that I would love a timeline in prayer. Um, but I'm so grateful that God hasn't given me that. He's, he's just given me Himself mm. every time, fully Himself. Um, yeah,
2: That's so interesting. I had the most interesting conversation a couple of days ago, and I told her I was going to talk about it probably. And it's um, just a really fun, different relationship in my life. Laura's brought in, and it's my Jewish friend, and she's Orthodox Jewish and very... like, And she's taught me a lot. Like, I love our relationship. We really learn for each other. We are very... um, We listen very well to one another. We don't impose our thoughts, on each other and but like I love listening to her I love seeing how she's taught me so much about my Catholic tradition watching her live into the fullness of her Jewish tradition and so we were talking about Advent and I was telling her about just some things that were going on personally with me And um, I said, How does it feel like when we, like when you are going, you know, you're celebrating your Jewish feast days, you know, um, Hanukkah. And I was like, We're celebrating Christmas, like the Savior that you're waiting for, like that you all are still waiting for. And we're saying that He's already come. Like, I really wanted to know, you know. And she said, The beauty of it is she said, we're still longing. She said, you know, she's like, I think in our Western culture, she's like, I mean, her family is literally from Israel. And she said, she's like, I think that we forget about the beauty of longing. And then she got really quiet. And this made me cry. It still makes me cry. And she said, Michelle, if your Savior has come and you really believe that He is the Messiah, I hope you rushed out to meet Him. Because when I feel like He comes, when I'm still longing for the Messiah and His promises to come, I hope I'm one of the ones that rush out to meet Him and embrace Him. And I was just like, I just stopped and I started tearing up. I was. And she's like, because we have been longing for Him so long. How long, Lord? How long? And, you know, and I was just—it just, like, overcame me the beauty of that. I'm like, oh, Lord— Please don't let this just be Christmas and Advent be this time of rush and to-do's. Let me be like this longing and desire of who you are, not what you're gonna do, but who you are. And oh, please let me rush out to meet you and hold you and be close to you. And I think that's like what you said. It's about the person, not the outcome, you know. And there's such um um almost rest like resting in that, resting in him, you know.
1: And I'd love too, Beth, what you said about desire. Like to bring our desire to Jesus, not to push it away. And I think a lot of us, because of what you touched on before, like we get so scared of being disappointed. So out of fear, we just squelch our desire or we shove it aside or we disengage from it. Um, and I love the quote from Pope John Paul II where he says, It's Jesus that you seek when you dream of happiness. You know, He is the one, ultimately, whether we're looking for it in a relationship or a job or whatever it might be, Jesus is truly the one that can satisfy the deepest desires of our heart. But it's really hard to live that. You know, it's really hard to live with that, like, deep faith that He will come through. This is goes right back to the fall. You know, is God holding out on us? Like, that was really Adam and Eve questioning. Maybe he's holding out on us. I think the enemy whispers those things to us regularly, like, hey, do you think God's holding out on you? Maybe he's not going to come through. Maybe he's not really that good. Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he cares more about so-and-so than he does about me, you know? So how do you resist uh, the enemy's suggestions in seasons of waiting that are sometimes very long? Because we want things to be wrapped up by Christmas. Like, that's me. I'm like, hey, Lord, you know, this situation I've been waiting for a long time and Christmas is coming. This would be perfect, you know, like, because you're coming and then it'll work out perfect for my testimony. <laughs> He's like, how about we wait another couple years? I'm like, uh-uh. darn it. <laughs>
2: Spoiled again, Don't yeah. Do oiled again.
1: So, you like, can't how do order you,
2: that from Amazon and it be two day Prime? <laughs> Amazon like, <why>? Prime, <laughs> yeah. Okay, come <laughs> on, like Amazon can work in two days, Lord. Come on, <laughs> yeah. Let's totally,
1: this. yeah. But so. like, how do you resist the the temptations that the enemy subtly puts through, and at the same time, like, choose to trust? Like, God is actually in the waiting. It's it's right where He is.
3: Yeah, I think for me, it's been a twofold process of one renewing my mind <laughs> and um and two just building that experience with God. So every time he comes through, every time he's faithful, I give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I'm a big journaler, so that's been a huge part of um just my relationship with the Lord and it's a good reminder I can go back and say, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that little way. You know, not even maybe a, a tangible or a, a physical um, provision. It could just be that God met me in that moment of my emotions feeling out of control or feeling alone. And then I remember, oh, that's who he is. That's who he is. And I allow those experiences to inform my view of who God is. Mm-hmm. And that's how I remember when things aren't going my way, or when I'm still waiting. Oh, right, the Father loves me. The Father is always looking at me. The Father is holding me pressed right up to his heart. The Father can do it. The Father is thinking about it, and he's working on it. You you kind of have to preach to yourself, really. Yeah. And I think that's where renewing your mind comes in. For me, it's just been uh, huge to not only read scripture, but to memorize it. Um, and, you know, it's not even all in my own effort. The Holy Spirit, that's His job, right? To come and to remind us of all that Jesus said. Um, and I'll find, I'll just be thinking something or or praying about something and a scripture will come to mind. One that I maybe even didn't actively memorize, but because I'm in the word um, and He is the word, the Holy Spirit brings that to mind. And I remember, oh, you know, for the, for the, Israelites, it was so much about just remembering mm. who God is. And so I think, like, in those dark nights, um, you know, in those nights where my thoughts are really out of control and I'm really tempted to despair. And, um, you know, I loved what Father Justin said on uh, a podcast earlier in this season about the enemy coming in with these blanket statements. Mm-hmm. Like, that's never going to happen for you. Mm-hmm. The Lord is not looking out for you. You know, you always do this, things like that, Um, that I have this bank of scripture and experience to say, no, I don't, I don't have to even think about that thought. I don't have to entertain that thought or prove you wrong. Instead, I can recall, I can remember, I can declare what I know to be true about God because he's done that for me. It's not only head knowledge, it's heart experience, you know? Mm,
2: I love that. And I love it just knowing a little bit and I have to tell you, like for our listeners, we do not we are very intentional about the guests that we have for a purpose because we feel like there's a purpose that the reason our podcast is abiding together. The people that we have, we just don't have guests on, you know, intentionally, because this is what we feel like our calling and anointing is for this podcast, is that people that we abide with, usually we have relationship with them outside of this and we do life with them and some way, shape, or form. So, like for Beth, like we are in um, constant contact with each other, you know, ministry wise and friendship wise and all that kind of good stuff. And so, I mean, if someone read our text message threads, Beth, they would probably laugh. It just, <laughs> like, it usually starts with an exclamation point Beth, look what God's doing, or Michelle, look what God said, you know, like, I mean, like there's like a an joy and animation to you with um, your. Spiritual life, one thing I love about you is very animated by the Holy Spirit. So it feels like just fun to just even watch what the Lord does in your life um, because I think you're receptive. And that is why, like, you allow Him, you make room for Him, and you allow Him. But I would love for you to talk about, like, just knowing where you are this season is like in the waiting, the Lord leads us and guides us. It's a journey, you know, like there's always a journey. And I even said, I sent a quote. I was reading Catherine Doherty last night, and she was saying, "Admit the season is short, but the journey is long. Mm-hmm. And I was like, amen, amen. Mm-hmm. And I bought a picture for Chris from a Catholic artist, and it's about the flight to, um, like Jesus, the flight to Egypt. But we're talking about the flight, I mean, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, but how Joseph was leading Mary. Like, the, you know, it was dark, and there was a lantern, and they couldn't see... The rest of the way, but he was leading, you know. And so in our waiting, I would love for you to talk about and just that whole image of the Holy Family journeying from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Like, how has Saint Joseph been such a huge part of your story right now? And I just think it's so fun, Um, you know, because both of us, he's like showed up big and I call it like Saint stalking, like he's stalking us, you know, but like telling us because I think he is such a great, powerful intercessor in the waiting, you know, like as protector, as guide as, you know, a spiritual father too.
3: Yeah. You know, I was um I was sharing with a friend who also has a deep devotion to St. Joseph that um, as I was kind of praying with the Holy Family and with um, just the person of St. Joseph, I had this memory from, gosh, high school or college of reading this article about St. Joseph and his powerful intercession. And this was before... You know, the Lord had a lot of work to do still in me. I didn't, I didn't naturally come with a ton of faith or trust. You know, I really, my heart really had to be won by the Lord. Still does. Um, It's all Him. So, I remember reading this article specifically in trusting your vocation to Saint Joseph, and I remember thinking, this is a very big deal, and I didn't want to pray that prayer lightly. You know, when you're kind of early in your faith and everything about like prayer and spirituality and religion feels like very profound and deep. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this, but it was just this simple prayer in like a magazine for young adults. I don't know. And, um, I cut that prayer out and I carried it in my wallet for a couple of weeks before I was like ready to pray it. And, uh, it's just so sweet. The Lord brought that to mind and showed me now in hindsight. How ever since that day Saint Joseph has been hiding me. Hmm. The way that he hid Mary and Joseph. Hmm.
1: That's beautiful.
3: Oh sorry. It's <laughs> okay. Oh, it's lovely, Beth. Mm. Yeah.
2: Sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. It is. And so, um,
3: yeah, so he's been um He's been a really powerful intercessor that I wasn't even aware of until, you know, Advent 2019, and it began all those years ago. The Lord is um, so generous, so gracious to give us more than we even ask for. You know, I I wasn't—I had no concept of entrusting my whole life and my heart and my vocation to St. Joseph in that little— prayer on flimsy magazine paper. You know, I didn't understand the true gravity of it and how faithful God is to answer our prayers. So in all of that waiting and like the stretching and the crying and, you know, wrestling with God in all of these years of waiting, all that time, St. Joseph has been actively protecting and praying for me. Mm.
2: Mm, That is beautiful. Oh, I love that, yeah. And he has become a big figure for both of us, like his powerful intercession. But when I was praying about it last week, um, I was praying about my two my children that um, my son that's adopted, and I was praying about the situation. And the Lord's like, "Why don't you go to Saint Joseph? If I entrusted the Holy Family to him." You can entrust your children to Him, His intercession, you know? And it's almost like I think we forget, like, the richness of our Catholic faith that He's given us the biggest home team you could ever imagine. Like, these are our cloud of witnesses that are praying for us, but they're alongside us in the journey. And I think that's what we forget. Like, Advent is a season, but we are in the spiritual journey, and we keep on going from season to season. And that, that He has given us this huge cloud of witnesses to walk alongside us, to make sure that we lift our gaze to the Father, to make sure that we're running to meet Jesus, to make sure, you know, like that we are in constant um, relationship with the Trinity, but they come alongside us on this journey, and that is a powerful force. And so, um, and now, yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us and, you know, and your journey and... You know, we're all with you in the waiting. <laughs> and
0: Beth, what would you say before we kind of transition to our one thing for the week? Um, what would you like to say to our listeners? Like, um, you know, here we are over halfway through Advent now, and and yeah, we're waiting. And maybe some things have happened, and people are kind of, you know, holidays bring up a lot of different things in the hearts of people. Like, is there something like a, a jewel that you would like to offer our listeners, just as a maybe a word of advice or encouragement as we as we finish out this Advent season with the Lord?
3: Yeah. God is faithful. Mm -hmm. God is faithful. Um, So whatever it is, you know, whether it's a specific outcome or answer to prayer or um, even just like a general sort of like nebulous longing and waiting for things to get better. God is faithful um, and he will do it. And he's with you, you know, along the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, gosh, that's lovely. I just want to sit and soak on it. I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful. I, I, Of course, Beth, your your journey reveals all of our hearts. And I just, in my heart, I have specific people that I want to recommend this podcast to that I think could really benefit, especially by your heart and in your words. And so I can't wait to do that. So um, yeah, it's been tremendously beautiful to have you on. So well, Michelle and Heather, we'll let our guests go last. Um, and Michelle, would you like to offer our listeners your two things hey, for the week? Okay. So,
2: the first one, this is when we're recording a little bit early, is okay, if y'all could have seen me during the Auburn, Alabama game, y'all would have died. Like, you would have really died. I lost my voice because I was screaming so loud and it was beautiful. And there'll be still people like naysaying and whatever about how the game went down in certain calls, but I don't care. Auburn won and it was beautiful. And I walked my daughter Lily to school today and her um, teacher's a huge Auburn fan. She's actually at the game today and she had this t-shirt that says Not Today Saban. I was like about to die! I was about to die! I was like, that is hysterical. <laughs> that but, is so you know, good. Yeah, dude. It is hysterical. You can't this make stuff like that. Out. That's and, so, you know, and we all know that Alabama will come back even stronger but anyway so that was my one thing the auburn alabama game that was beautiful and another uh thing is um just the idea of quiet like i just like white lights and quiet of advent it's just been beautiful and so just the simplicity of the season and just entering into that heather what is your one thing
1: well i'm just gonna follow suit i have two one things also. so my first one thing is the song Shepherd by Bethel just it just goes along with this um, theme of waiting and there's one line in particular that just gets me every time. It's like in the process, in the waiting, you're making melodies over me, mm. and just that image of like God not being disengaged, but He's actually like singing a beautiful song over our life as we wait. And although we might be experiencing suffering in that, He's good and His heart's good. And like Beth, you were saying, He's faithful. So we don't have a grasp. We could just trust Him, trust Him that He's He's doing something beautiful. So that's a great song. You guys can look up and. I'll put it in the show notes. And also my other one thing is Mary and Simon Kind. They are they are a beautiful couple that have been friends of mine for a very, very long time. Like I mean, Simon and I have known each other since I was about 14 and Mary and I met when I was 16 or 17. And so we've just journeyed together through a lot of waiting and a lot of different things. And they have just been steadfast friends, incredible intercessors. They give of themselves so generously and also have been generous supporters on our Patreon page. So they are my one thing. And I just have a lot of gratitude for them and um, just them being amazing companions on the journey. They are
0: absolutely wonderful. Their whole family is just epically delightful. Well, I just have one thing for the one thing uh, this week. And... um, (laughs) (laughs) Lame. I know, I'm such a loser. Uh, It's the movie A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood um, Uh, about Mr. Rogers, uh. and that... I actually stifled back an ugly cry. Can I just say that? It was so touching. Aww. I thought it was going to be a documentary about his life. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And it's a true story about mercy and healing and forgiveness. And it is one of the most powerful stories I've ever seen, and that it's a true story. And wow. many times, you know, we write off Mr. Rogers as like, you know, the kind of odd guy that wears the red sweater. That man has suffered deeply. And through the allowing of the transformation of his own suffering into beauty, he gives people the space to heal. And at the end of the story, he talks about, you know, whatever in our life that we can mention, we can manage. So when it becomes mentionable, it becomes manageable. And it is outstanding. So I would highly, if you haven't seen that, especially do your family a favor for the holidays. You know, go see that yourself. And then take somebody that you love and go see it. I mean, you'll laugh, you'll cry, but you'll walk away. I walked away and I said, I want to be like that. Like, that's the kind of person I want to be mm. where, you know, you allow the suffering to transform you so that you allow, um, allow Christ's beauty to be born. And so it's, I would highly recommend it. So that is my one thing for the week. So, all right, sweet Beth, what's
3: your one thing, girl? You know, I wish I would have thought of that movie because it is one thing worthy. <laughs> it
0: unbelievable. Okay, it's unbelievable. So
3: um In keeping with the theme of this podcast, and really it would be my one thing regardless of the topic, (laughs) uh, but my one thing is the consecration to Jesus through St. Joseph Hmm. by Dr. Gregory Bataro and Jennifer Settle. Hmm.
1: I just bought it. As per your recommendation, it just arrived yesterday. I'm so excited.
3: Praise Hmm. the Lord. Can't wait for you to journey with it. It's been profound. Profound in my prayer life. And I think especially in the area of like uh, growing in virtue and rooting out vice, that's where I am right now in the consecration. And it's never been so doable. and so um it's never made so much sense to me and also just deepened my already, really rich mm-hmm. and precious relationship with mm-hmm. the Holy Family. So Amen. highly recommended.
0: Well, thank you so much, Beth. And dear listeners, God bless you. So what is God doing in your heart this week? Where is He in the waiting, already meeting you there and proving that He's faithful? So as we journey this Advent season, let's let our heart take courage, for God is faithful and He loves us. So until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. We at the Abiding Together podcast would love to introduce you to our sponsor this month, which is Pink Salt Riot. Pink Salt Riot is in the business of bringing revival into the bodied experience of the everyday And they want to wrap up those prayers and intentions and desires burning up in our hearts on Sundays in the pew and put them into things that we touch and hold and wear and experience in the everyday. Revival and renewal are an everyday task, which is why having and wearing pieces that reflect that desire for revival can be so powerful in actively becoming the people that God desires for us to be. Something super cool that you might like is the Pink Salt Riot subscription box called the Joy Box. So check this out. Every three months, so quarterly, just for $25, which includes shipping. Every three months, they send you $85 or more worth of products. They send you prints and cards and jewelry and giftables. And the only catch is this, and this is really, really neat. They ask that all subscribers give away half or more of what they receive. So, this creative box cultivates an abundance mindset because even when you give away half the box, you are still left with almost twice the value of what you paid. And this image is how it is with God that we put in our tiny efforts and He always outdoes us in generosity and other people. People are blessed by that generosity. So, for more on the philosophy and details of the Joy Box, you can head right now to pinksaltriot.com forward slash get the Joy Box. They will also be creating custom Word of the Year pieces that will be available starting December 28th. So, for our Abiding Together listeners, Pink Salt Riot is offering 10% off their whole shop, which includes quarterly subscriptions. Just enter the code Abide With Me to get that discount and check them out today. God bless you all. If our podcast has blessed you would you please consider financially supporting abiding together via patreon patreon is a website where people can make donations to help keep the podcast going and now that we at abiding together have an independent platform we have a number of costs that go into creating the podcast and the high quality content we offer such as our website design tech support staff and other elements Having an independent platform also allows us to explore and create new content for all of our listeners to enjoy. So thank you so much to all of you who are already donors. When you donate through our page on Patreon, you are able to donate any amount, $1 a month, $5 a month, $500 a month, or just a one-time offering. Abiding Together is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization and donations are tax deductible. So would you please prayerfully consider giving to Abiding Together? If you donate $15 or more per month, you become a tribe member and you will receive a short individual video from Michelle, Heather and I each month about a variety of topics. You can see all of the information on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. So consider becoming a supporting member today and help us further the work of the Holy Spirit moving in and through this community. Together, we can do amazing things. We are so grateful for your support and may God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? Could you also leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. All the show notes are in your podcast app, but if you'd like them emailed to you, you can go to our website at abidingtogetherpodcast.com and subscribe. On our website, you will also find all of our past episodes and information about various episodes. You can also join our private Facebook group and get in on the discussion and all the beautiful things that are happening there. We are so glad that you are on the journey with us. And until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you.